Hello, welcome to the Jules Fancast. I'm Owen Stanley presenting today with Reese Absent. We are looking forward to Jules's big FA Cup tie in about 24 hours' time, just above against West Ham United of the Premier League. I'm joined by Don McConnell, West Ham fan, regular on West Ham fan TV as well. And we'll start with the obvious. A couple of weeks ago, we were hoping you might beat Leicester as a pedigree, you might stay in the job a little bit longer, but that proved to be the last game for him. You've brought back David Moyes. Some saw that as a sideways appointment, sort of backwards, but he's come into his first game, got a 4-0 victory over Bournemouth. What were your initial reactions when he came in? Were you happy with it or did you think backwards as well? I was braced for it um, because before Pellegrini was sacked there were rumours going around that Moyes was the front runner to replace Pellegrini and it's just typical Golden Sullivan. Um, Obviously, they're, they're, they're playing it safe because they think it will keep us up last uh, after last time, which I believe was a bit of luck more than judgment. But obviously, we started off well, got a good 4-0 win. And um, it's one game. I don't want it to get carried away. I'm not getting carried away. Because if we go out to Gillingham, which um, there is a big possibility we could do, given our previous records against League One sides in cup competitions... Obviously, being away from home and all that, you know, Gillingham have got nothing to lose. Whereas I think if we lose this game, we've lost more because it will do damage to the team's confidence. We need to um, carry it on, yeah, lay out the foundations. Yeah, I listened to David Moyes' press conference in the week, and he seems quite adamant that he, he wants an FA Cup run this year. And I always look at it it's like if you break it down last season, the four teams left in the semi final and the final take away Man City, you've got Wolves, Brighton. Yeah. And who was Watford. the other one? Watford. You've got to the final, of course. And you look at those sort of teams that are in a similar bracket to you, yeah. bar Man City. And you sort of, from West Ham's perspective, I sort of see it as if you think, if they can reach that stage, then why can't we put the effort well, in to get there? Well, as well? well this, this, this is the main issue now with um, Premier League clubs. They see finishing mid table in the Premier League is more important than actually having a good cup run, winning the FA Cup. And the same goes to the League Cup. I mean, when we, pl- we we lost to Oxford, obviously, very heavily back in September, which is sort of not the confidence of our team going into the beginning of the end for Pellegrini. Now, given now we're up against another side from League One in Gillingham and yourselves, I'm worried that that might slightly knock the confidence as well. And obviously it happened against AFC Wimbledon last year. But when I go back to the point about the Oxford game, Swansea City won the League Cup in 2013. Since then, all the winners have been a mixture of Man United, Man City and Chelsea. And they're all much bigger clubs than we are. So, to think that we don't need to prioritise a cup when you get teams like that winning it year in, year out. Alright, it's not the biggest cup in the world, but at the end of the day, it's still a trophy, which, you know, I would love to see us lift. Same goes to the FA Cup, which is why tomorrow is such an important thing to win. You should look back on it. Your record, as you touched on there, lower league opposition, your FA Cup record in general the past few years has been poor. I remember watching the Wimbledon game last year and I remember you doing a fan cam afterwards and it 
Wimbledon, no disrespect to them, they're a team in the league who actually beat us this season somehow. Yeah. One of the worst refereeing performances we've ever seen, but we've talked about that enough, I won't do that again. And like, I know, obviously, it's easy to say that lower league teams, when they play a Premier team, what their game naturally, of course they will, but the manner in which you lost that game by four, <coughs> conceding four goals, and your last two games against League One opposition, you've scored two, conceded eight. And Oxford and Wimbledon, you obviously played, I think it was Newport this season. Uh, yeah, we, we, we beat, beat Newport. Uh, the year before, we lost to Wigan. No, that was two seasons ago in the uh, when they were a League One side as well. And that was under David Moyes. Had that 5 0 loss at home to Man City as well. Yeah, yeah. Just... Um, yeah, we haven't had a good FA Cup run since um, the last season at Bowling. You know, and you could and you could argue like before we started playing these sides from League One, we we didn't have the best of uh, luck with cup draws. I mean, obviously, no one wants to get Man City in the first round, and in the League Cup that season, we had Chelsea, Man United. We beat Chelsea, obviously. We went out to Man United in the previous round, and we also had Man United in the FA Cup the previous season. But the frustrating thing is, we now get handed with with, with all due respects easier ties uh, against sides from League One. They're not hard. But they're sorry, they're not easy, but they're easier than a side like Chelsea, City or United. And we throw it away. In the FA Cup of two seasons ago on the Moyes, as I just said, we played Shrewsbury and it took us two hundred and ten minutes to beat them because the replay went to extra time. We tried all our hardest to throw it in the original game, but they weren't good enough to beat us on the day when they probably should have done. And then it comes back to the Wigan game where we didn't even have a shot on target against Wigan Athletic and Javier Hernandez was in Dan Burns' pocket all game. So, and then you you obviously had the Wimbledon one last season. I mean, going into that game, obviously, you just said, you know, they're, they're, they're not the best side in your league. I mean, I don't, you know, from the top of my head, they're, they're usually in relegation fights. Yeah, they're one of them. The that they're, they're down the bottom for most season. Yeah. The last month of the season, they seem to scramble away out of it. Well, yeah, uh, and when we played them, last January they were bottom of the league and they'd lost 3-0 at home to Fleetwood Town uh, a couple of days before so that upset was stunning really for an, from an interest point of view it was disastrous for me personally and everyone else because it was you know, a wasted opportunity and like you said earlier Barman City the other three teams in that semi-final were teams on our wavelength to be fair so we threw it we threw it and we almost came back into it but at the end of the day, you can't give a side a 3 0 head start, no matter who it's against, no matter what league they're in, no matter what game it is. Yeah, it's to the point, really, that, as I say, your record has been poor in cup competitions. Do you think that now with Moyes and what he said in the week about he wants to field a strong team, which is something I thought was a bit, is it mind games or is it is actually going to play a stronger team? Because, you know, it's. You see the Premier League teams like the big Premier League teams like your cities and United's where we'll play a weakened team no matter who they're playing but, but do you but, actually see it as it but, is but, it going to play a strong team? But the difference is uh, I mean I, I don't agree with fielding weaker teams because I think it shows no respect to lower league sides like yourself and it also gives a more chance of us losing the game now we have seen obviously I've just touched on our previous records against sides from the lower leagues that fielding a weakened team gets you nowhere Oxford United um who we lost 4-0 against in the League Cup back in September. We fielded a completely weakened team, second string goalkeeper. <coughs> Most of it was second string, to be fair. Uh, the striker, Ajeti, who hasn't scored a goal for us since he signed, can't do it against the League One side. So, you know, you're asking for trouble. And we heard that 
on the morning of that game actually we were going to field a strong side and I and I said you know it's good if we are but we didn't so I think it's pivotal to field a strong side tomorrow because you know the league is tight this season no one like I think everyone is in a relegation battle in that bottom half everyone is because it's so tight two wins three wins and you're clear three losses and you're down there but at the moment I think bar Norwich and I said last week if we didn't sack Pellegrini it would be us would definitely go down but now we have and we've made the change there's obviously more chance of us getting out of it but I think every side in that league bar Norwich who's de- sorry every side that's down in the relegation areas can get out of it easily so I don't see the issue with playing weakened sides in the FA Cup I mean obviously you've got some teams like Sheffield United well, they're, not, they're not in a relegation fight but you know if they lose a couple of games they may well find themselves down there but they've I mean they'll probably get away with feeling the weakened team because they're at home to a non-league side Wild, yeah. yeah in the who are fighting relegation so are AFC Fylde going to prioritise it maybe because it's a big occasion but they're in a relegation fight in their respective league and obviously it hits you more financially down there but with us I think as I said at the start of the podcast the, the confidence is obviously now back after the win on New Year's Day there's I mean I, I didn't go to the game unfortunately and typically win 4-0 but um I saw from that game we pressed, we worked hard, and the confidence was there. Now, you need, we need to carry on that confidence going into the game against you by fielding a strong side, giving those players that have no confidence minutes, and obviously winning the game. Because if we lose to a side, I mean, again, no disrespect to you, like if we lose to Gillingham side two leagues below us obviously will go down as an upset hence why I think the, the BC have put it on because they sent an upset and I can't blame them given our cut record in recent seasons against lower league size but you know if we do lose to you the confidence from the New Year's Day is completely gone and it may well affect our league form so I think all this prioritising the league over the cup and through the weekend teams is just a load of rubbish to be honest yeah, I was listening to a, a podcast from the Football Writers podcast it's like a BT Sport podcast and they picked out our games a potential upset because they said like your form you never know what West Ham you're going to no. get on any given day and it sort of ties into your form like remember just over a month ago now you went to Chelsea and won and then the following like three days later you lost at Wolves yeah. Yeah. and it's <clears> up down up down very bipolar and there seems to have been that <laughs> lack, lack yeah. of consistency for you there this season well the, the it's, it's always been that in the club's DNA now this is no, this is no relation to our form this season. It's just always been like that. No matter like who, who, what manager we've got, no matter who we've got playing, you know we're, we're always that team. You know you you beat all the big boys. I, I remember when we um, at the start of the final season at the Bowling, our first three away games were Arsenal, Liverpool, and Man City. We won all three, but in the process of that, we lost at home to Leicester, who obviously ended up as eventual champions. But um, at the time. You know, they were just like another side in the middle of the table with us. Obviously, being at the start of the season, we had obviously no idea they were going to win the league. And then we obviously lost a newly promoted Bournemouth. But, you know, when you lose to them and you beat those three teams, you know, the only team that could probably do that is West Ham. Mm. And, you know, it's no surprise. I mean, we... we I, 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 I expected us to lose to Wolves. I had no confidence of getting a draw up there. Wolves are a good side as well, let's not forget. 
especially at home, and they, they you know, they're everything we want to be. But they, um, but you, you, you are right, and a lot of people do cotton on that we are that sort of inconsistent club. We do turn up against the big teams, and listen, if we treated every game like it was a Chelsea, Tottenham, or Man United, you know, we we'd probably be a lot better off than we actually are. Mm. So we're coming into this game from a genuine point of view because we've got, as you say, we've got nothing to lose. We've made, we've sold out of the ground, so we've got the revenue from that. We're on yeah. BT Sport, we'll get the revenue for that as well. So it sort of really is just a, we'll go out to win the game. And I think all we can ask as fans from our perspective, if we put everything into it and can't short you, like you just having a bit more quality than us, and you know, fair enough. Yeah, like, that's what it is. What it is, but. I do think there's potential for us to go and at least get a replay out of this game. Absolutely. Because our home form, we, we've our last eight home games, we've won seven, drawn one, which was on New Year's Day against Portsmouth. So we have we have got that metabolism in our team that when we're home, we are so difficult to beat. Our biggest problem this season is we haven't got a striker that can score goals. We've got Mikel Mandron, Alex Kubiak, Brandon Handen, who have scored about, well, I think in the league, it's about just over 10, maybe 11 between them. And the thing is, we don't score, we don't have that player who can score all the goals no. for us whereas last season we had Tom Eves who was just scoring all of them now he's gone to hold but mm. what we have is a great work ethic and the problem we've had yeah. is that Steve Evans has set us up in the summer we went to get a strike we couldn't get it we are going to try again this summer and he, his plan was to make us difficult to beat at home and it's worked out because we've won a lot of games 1-0 this season we're so good at the back that mm. we only need like a little one chance to fall for us and well, we're right. Uh, I, I mean you, <coughs> you, you are right I, I, it would not surprise me if it's a replay um, a lot of our fans wouldn't mind that though yeah of course um, I mean I don't want to replay because nah, it's just another, for you, it's another game that's not needed um, just like the Shrewsbury one it wasn't needed um, I don't I know your manager Steve Evans obviously like he's been in the, he's been in the lower leagues for a couple of years he's got Rotherham promoted second most promotions in the football league behind, yeah. Neil, behind Neil Warnock is it really Crawley as well where else has he been in Mansfield Mansfield Peterborough, Peterborough. yeah He's got a good track record, um, and he's got a bit of a temper on him as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't like to be stood next to him in a dugout, but um, and I've seen him. I've been at games where he's been manager, and you can hear him right from the stands. So obviously he gets you your players drilled. He obviously gets that work ethic, in, as you just said. And this is what worries me. Um, now, had we not. Had we not won on New Year's Day, I wouldn't be confident at all. I'd be straight up saying, Gillingham are going to beat us. But like I said, the confidence is back. But at the same time, under Pellegrini, we lacked everything. Organisation, physicality, work ethic. Now, against sides that work hard, they tend to want it more. Now, whether that's going to carry on under Moyes after, the, after just one game, let's not forget, right, Bournemouth are rubbish. All right, they had a fair amount of injuries, but still, I mean, I watched that game obviously on a stream. And They're another team that seems to just win at Chelsea and turn to uh, rubbish well, afterwards. They've won at Chelsea three out of the five seasons. They've been in the Premier League. They love playing Chelsea and like us, but they were dreadful. They, did, I mean, obviously we were three 0 up after half an hour. I mean, we haven't been good at all this season either. So you know, and you got to look at the teams like we do that against and think wow I'd be worried and obviously now they're in the bottom three and you know they probably deserve to be and I feel for Eddie Howe because I think he's a great manager but I fear that he'll get the sack um, he would have been my first choice but anyway back to um, back to Gillingham and this is um, when when we come up against like lower league teams and they have nothing to lose they tend to work harder and our players go missing because I think 
I think in the EFL teams that are in like the like to the Championship League One, League Two, they're a lot more physical game. It's a lot more physical because you know you you get you get players with better work ethic all all at once. You don't get many. You know what, what, what's the word? Flair players that aren't as strong, and I think that's where we'll struggle tomorrow. The rest of the thing, quality don't win the game, does it work? No, it doesn't. It, exactly, um, and sometimes players with luxury players, it's a poison chalice because they don't turn up in games like that. Sometimes, I mean, obviously, we we've proven that. Why, when we lost, went out to Oxford and Wimbledon and Wigan in the previous rounds. All right, we played a weakened team in those games, but obviously, you know, you'd like to think it's still enough to get you through. But it's not the case. And like you said, you know, work ethic and desire gets you over the line. You know, quality on paper doesn't, and you have to show it on the pitch. And if we do turn up, we'll win easily. There's no doubt about that. But if we turn up thinking the game's already won, or we, you know, we don't play eight to a hundred percent, you're cotton on to that. You'll see we don't want it. We're not up for it. And you'll make it as difficult and as possible as it can be, and you'll probably get a result. Yeah, and if there's one man who can spot that, it'd be Steve Evans. Exactly, exactly. Experience, experience. But, but like I said, now it's under David Moyes. Now, you know, I'm not happy with the appointment of Moyes. I think it's a bit embarrassing on the club's part, given we let him go before, and it's again on the cheap. But Manuel Pellegrini gets the best out, better teams. He's not. He wasn't a manager for us. He was a manager for like a Real Madrid type. Obviously, he's been there and done that with Man City and everything. It doesn't work for clubs like us because we don't have the players to do that. If Moyes can get work, hard work and good work ethic, we'll be absolutely fine, and we'll be absolutely fine tomorrow. But like I said, we turn up thinking the game is won. We'll go out, or we'll just about scrape a replay. I think you'll say a lot about you tomorrow if you go one or down. What your reaction is then? Well, yeah, um, and it will say a lot about how things have changed under David Moyes as well, because a lot of times this season we conceded, we've just capitulated worryingly, worryingly like a side that's bound for relegation. <clears throat> now, Arsenal, the Arsenal home game being the prime example, 1-0 up, controlling the game, but the trouble is we played like the game was won, and again, we can't do that again tomorrow. Because, all right, obviously Arsenal are a much better side than Gillingham, with all due respect. But at the end of the day, it's um, it's a cup game, and if we keep, if we if, like I said, we go in acting like the game's won. If we go one nil up and just keep pushing and pushing, uh, sorry, if we if we go one nil up and just you know start taking it easy, we can't afford to do that in any game of football. So like the Arsenal game threw me. The way we collapsed, um, being one nil up, and then conceding three in nine minutes. Obviously, now that we've got a different manager, so if we do go one nil down, it will be interesting to see what Moyes has got to do. But in the back of my mind, given what how he played in cup games when he was last manager, it was under it was against Arsenal in the League Cup, but neither team wanted it. We only lost that game because Arsenal scored a goal like I know that sounds obvious but you know they we didn't try we didn't try and they didn't try both teams wanted to lose that game it was like a testimonial and then obviously we tried so hard to throw the Shrewsbury game and, and we, we uh, threw the Wigan game completely Arsenal game particularly the capitulation they scored three in about ten minutes didn't they yeah nine minutes yeah and uh, like I said that's what was worrying but like I said new manager well 
new old new new old manager. Let's see. Uh, let's see what the differences are. I mean, if we do go one nil down, it'd be interesting to see how we react like how we react like. Like you said, well, it's the thing for us when we go one lot, we very, very rarely tend to drop points. And of course, that's a lot easier to say when we're playing teams that are a lot yeah. worse than yourself. But our cup run this year has been a lot different to last year where we ended up turning over Cardiff and going out to Swansea. We, we staggered through a replay at Hartlepool in non league. Yeah. Neil Nord yeah. draw at home, beating 4 3 in the replay after yeah. extra time, staggered through that. Took like, I think we made it 2 2 in on 97th minute or something like that. You beat Slough as well, didn't you? Yeah, we, yeah. I, went, I went to Slough last year and we were terrible for 90 minutes. We got through for about uh, one of our players is no longer with us don't know what I one for about 35 yards on the straight in the top corner mm. but we are awful apart a lot, of, a lot of games a lot of FA Cup games against that's sort of our, our, so your point of view tomorrow us, we went to Slough probably expecting just to turn them over and they played with so much passion and pride we should have been out of the game by half time but mm. we rode it through got the goal playing on a plastic pitch didn't help but mm. that is what it is I've and been then, to Slough it's a good little ground yeah then we had the Cardiff game and I think they I don't know what it was about them they turned yes. up and they were they, they caused us a few problems they ate the bar second half but there wasn't like a period of the game where it was just immense pressure on us even when we scored we scored about 10 minutes left mm. made it 1-0 and there wasn't they weren't like bombarding our box with crosses they sort of playing sideways passes and then Neil Warnock come up, come up after the game and said like our players just wanted to get out of it yep. and that's what they didn't and then, we, and then we ironically got rewarded with a trip to Swansea yeah. and we went out there for one that, 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 that's, that's the tough mm. thing for uh, you guys because obviously um you beat a Premier League team, albeit Cardiff City, not the most glamorous, but yeah, at the championship time. now, of course. Yeah, of course. They, they, they're not good enough for the Premier League. I mean, I don't enjoy having Cardiff in the Premier League. I mean, uh, they can stay down there as far as I'm, as far as I'm concerned. But um, no, uh, it's a great, it was a great result for you lot last season. Um, but like I said, Neil Warnock, dinosaur manager, can get you up can't keep you up and obviously he's not going to care about the FA Cup is he so you know that's what that's where I go back to the point is why the clubs do I mean obviously Cardiff City were, were way in a relegation about by then they were, they were probably expected to go down from day one of that season um, but you know when it comes to other clubs who aren't going to be in a relegation battle but like I said everyone, it'll be interesting it'll be interesting this weekend because like I touched on earlier, it's so tight. The Premier League this season is so tight. It, like most teams in that bottom half are in a relegation fight. If you lose a couple of games, you're down there. So it'll be interesting to see what teams get fielded and how many upsets there are. Because I reckon there'll be a few this week. Should we touch on that for a minute? Yeah, Going through yeah. some teams. I didn't take some ties. I think of Watford at home to Tranmere. Mm. A few weeks ago, I would have said that's a potential banana skin, but they have picked up form yes, recently. Yeah. But then, but then it's the same point, isn't it? They're still down there, despite picking up form. Are they going to care too much? We went to Watford in the League Cup a few years ago and turned them yeah, over. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Tranmere, a team in our league, who are sort of in the bracket of Wimbledon. They're sort of all right, but they're not really too great. If it was away at Prenton Park, you probably have more chance of an upset. But given it's a vicarage road, possibly Watford will scrape through it. I, mean, I think they'll probably have enough quality. I mean, I could be wrong. It's the FA Cup, you know, anything can happen. There's one notable one I look at, I think, is Huddersfield away at Southampton, I think. Yeah, well, that, that, that but, but Huddersfield themselves are believably in a relegation fight as well. Mm. Um, the one I'm looking at, do you know what? I think Rochdale and Newcastle could see an upset. Yeah, Rochdale terrible. Well, they held Tottenham a couple of years ago. Yeah, well, we played, we played them a couple of weeks back and I think we hit the bar about four times. Oh, hold on. There you go. Yeah, we played them 
couple of weeks back, I think we hit the ball about four times. They got about seven yellow cards, and we won it in injury time, just about. Mm. It was like they're one of those teams are just so gritty and so yeah. dirty. They'll yeah. do anything to get a result. Exactly. And, and listen, that works against Premier League sides because a lot, it's it's a completely different kettle of fish playing sides from League One. I think because a lot of teams don't know how they play. And a lot of sides, I think the football's obviously complete. The quality's like not not good at all compared to the Premier League. But the football's different. Because, like I said, grit, determination, dirty football, which you know Premier League sides not used to. It's really. a bit of a it's a bit of a um, culture shock to them, I think. And like you said, they're not used to it. Obviously, it's away at Rochdale, so it's going to be a bumper partisan atmosphere. It's an early kickoff, I believe, at least on the telly. Half twelve. You yeah. know, everyone's going to be prepared, like prime for a possible upset so you know and Steve you know, Steve Bruce is another guy who probably well I'd say that he got hold to an FA Cup final in 2014 but I think it's more to do with club Newcastle as a club themselves I mean he, he was talking about our F, uh, FA Cup record uh, earlier I don't think Newcastle even have an FA Cup record to go on I mean did, I think last year did they win it? I think they last year beat, they, I remember they beat Blackburn in a replay. Yeah, yeah, that was that was about two years ago. But I think I can't remember what happened after the that. round before that. I think they they won an FA Cup game for the first time in like years, years. So they're not they're another side that doesn't do the FA Cup. So it, that's a potential upset. And like I said, Rochdale. I remember um, they played Tottenham in the uh, Cup two seasons ago, and I watched the game on the telly. And they were good. They were one nil up. Tottenham came back and two one up, and then Rochdale, you know, showed that fight towards the end. Now, you know, never say die attitude. You get a lot from a lower league size in the FA Cup, and they got a replay. Obviously, they were brushed aside with ease, but bottom of the league one at the time, I believe, taking the side like Tottenham. Pains me to say it, but you know, a good club like a good side like Tottenham and. Weren't a weak team, they feel to leave it No, exactly. Well, Kane played. Yeah. Kane come off the bench. Lucas Moura scored his first goal for them, believably. Listen, that's why I, I sort of see this uh, being, be, given it's at Rochdale too, it's set up for a cup to, for a cup set, I think. Because I think if, if you're in the mind of a player like Newcastle or West Ham and you're one or down 10 minutes ago, you must get that four in the back of it. Like, do I really want to replay? Hmm. Yeah, but. Yeah, of course. But, um, you know. If they're, um, I'm just going to look to see who, uh, what other cup ties there are today. See if we can point out any other potential upsets. But why do that? Do you think there's a similarity between Steve Bruce and David Moyes in the sense yes, that the FA, the FA Cup is something that they they could tick off? I think they're, they're never won a league or anything. No, Premier but league, but, but, but when you but when you say that, um, I think us and Newcastle are so alike, so similar. We're both poorly run clubs. We both absolutely hate our owners, and um, we've both got good sets of supporters. Probably, you know, not as big as we think we are, with all due respect. I mean, I, don't, I think Newcastle fans feel like they're a bit entitled, to be honest, because, yeah, they're, they're a big club, but they're not like a giant club anymore. They've, no. been, they've been bang average for, for decades. Same for us, but... I, you think, know, I think you've, you've felt like a bigger club back at the Bowling than you do now. Well... Sort of the, the, state, the, the stadium move for. was meant to um, see us as a bigger club but um, now that it's not worked out now that we've it's all been like taken away from us our community and sold from the bowling and we've been put here 
we agreed. It's sort of like we, we, we were told. Obviously, we'd have all this success. There's nothing here. There's nothing. Here. It's, 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 there's going to be no success under this this board. But the reason we want success and feel like we should have success is because of that stadium. If we were still at the bowling, we'd suck it up and accept it, take it on the chin. But this, you know, there's there's nothing to fall back on when we struggle here. But yeah, I mean, there are a few upsets, uh, potential upsets. I look at. Burnley at home to Peterborough. Yeah, Peter, um, Peterborough are a very good side. In they division. are a good side. They score a lot. Ivan Tony's name has caught my eye. Tony, Tony and Issa scored about I think, 30, 30 something between them. Who's that? Tony and Issa, the two fours, scored about no, 30 Issa. something between them in the league already. Mm, well, that's a good strike partnership. Mm. Now, Burnley obviously. Through the Peterborough, they're a setting club. They yeah. make, they make oh, yeah. profit out of these players. Mate, I think Dwight, Dwight Gale. Dwight Gale, Aaron McLean, mm. Craig McHale Smith. Mm. They'll be sold. Then one of them two. I think Tony's the one who's been looked at a lot by high championship clubs. Well, Ivan Tony was ex Newcastle. Mm. He was a youngster at North, uh, um, was it Northampton? He was. I remember. Yeah, he was at Northampton. I think he went Newcastle. I think he, he had a few loan spells dotted around here and there. Now mm. a few years later, they're probably regretting letting him go in the end because mm. he's worth about. I, I think their their chairman's very clever bloke, Daryl McAnthony. He's he won't sell for cheap. He knows the right prices. I think he'd demand at least between ten and fifteen for him. Even at League One level, yeah, but 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 like I said, um, Peterborough going away to Burnley, obviously that that double strike partnership you touched on. Now Burnley um, haven't been in a good run of form late, but they're a good side. They're at home, which sort of um, reduces the chance of an upset. I mean, I think I think there's so much more chance of an upset if the lower league sides at home. So I think well, Lincoln back when they were National League went to Burnley. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm not saying it's not going to happen because Peterborough are away, but like I said, you got. I think there's more chance of it being at home. Burnley lost to Sunderland in the League Cup this season at home, and Sunderland are obviously in the same league as Peterborough and yourselves. Um, Villa away to Fulham. Villa need to stay up. I think they're right down there, and obviously they lost their goalkeeper and striker Wesley for the season. I look, so I look at Carl. They they though. have to play a different goalkeeper and a different striker, regardless of whether Wesley or Heaton were fit. So no, we think Carlisle away at Cardiff. Joe, you know what I salute the Carlisle fans going down there. Mm. They were probably up the crack of dawn this morning. I mean, that's a long way to go. Mm. Um, you 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 get a lot of results like that pop, don't you? League Two side beating the Championship side, yeah. and they and they go under the radar. I mean, because obviously it's not a Premier League side. There's nothing really to talk about. But you you need to remember they're still two leagues apart. So another one now. I think Luton away at Bournemouth yeah, a shout. Yeah. Preston home to Norwich. Oh, Preston grateful. Oh, Preston. It's also added Spice and McNeil being there against yeah, Norwich yeah. again. Yeah, Alex Neil. Yeah, yeah. Preston will win that. Preston win there, I think. Very good side. Norwich, Norwich won't be up for that. Norwich went out to Crawley in the League Cup this yeah, season. Yeah. Preston will win there. Wolves, I think, tonight as well. Wolves will beat United tonight as well. I'm confident. I'm, I'm confident of these 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 games going. Leicester at home to Wigan. Leicester will probably be all right there. Wigan. I saw a stat. Wigan won one away game in the whole of 2019. Really? And then they won their first game of 2020 really? away. Made me laugh that I thought it was the whole game, but but the whole of their game. Do you hear something funny about that Man City Port Vale game in terms of betting? You get better odds from Man City to win 10-0 than you yeah. do for Port Vale to win 1-0. Mate, listen, we went up there, um, uh, when we played them away from home uh, two seasons ago, and this was a couple of games after we first appointed David, uh, David Moyes, and 
we'd just been beat 4-0 by Everton, Everton the, uh, on the Wednesday, so about four days earlier. We were, we, we, our confidence was right down there. There was nothing. And we were obviously going away to the top of the table side and obviously Premier League champions that season, best team in England. And exactly the same. There were more odds on us, sorry, there were more odds on them to win 8-0 than us to win 1-0, or less odds or something. The probability was there was you know more likely for them to win, them to win eight nine nil than us to win one nil, so yeah, um, and you know that there, there's no way that there's no way there's an upset happening there tonight. Absolutely no, no way. City being the holders, Pep. I don't think Pep's going to get his Premier League back this season, so he's going to want a trophy. It'll take beyond a miracle for that. Of, of course it will. I mean, it's not it's not impossible. It also means Liverpool need to lose a few games. I just can't see happening. No, nah, Liverpool are unstoppable. Liverpool are absolutely unstoppable. And um, you know, I'm, I, I'm glad Liverpool if they win it because it's someone different. I mean, Liverpool aren't everyone's cup of tea, but you know, I like seeing different teams win it. When 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 the same team wins it every year, it gets a bit boring. It gets a bit like the overseas league where it's just a one-team league, like the Germany and Italy, and two if you count Spain with Real Madrid and Barcelona, but. Listen, Pep feel, will feel a strong side tonight uh, against Port Bale. He will feel he'll, he'll, he'll probably play Braga in goals. I think Edison's still suspended, and you can get away with a goalkeeper, yeah. but they'll still have enough. He'll play a few big boys because he wins. He he wants to win every single game, and um, I think it was last last year they played Rotherham at home. 5-0 and that's 7-0 7 was it and they played Sterling De Bruyne Aguero Jesus they played all their big boys against Rotherham at home he takes every game seriously he wins trophies and he'll want the FA Cup this season If you know, he won't see it as a consolation prize because they're not going to win the Premier League I mean they won the treble last season he wanted it all last season and he got it all last season by the Champions League I mean obviously the City's main goal now is the Champions League a hundred percent, because I'd back them against Madrid as well. Yeah, I agree. But um, they don't have the pedigree that gets Liverpool through. Liverpool have history, and I think history in the Champions League gets you over the line. So now City have only been in the Champions League since two thousand eleven. So and they've the the, the, the furthest they've been is the semi final where they lost to Real Madrid in twenty sixteen. Um, but listen, like back to the FA Cup, Pep won't see this as just a consolation prize. A trophy's a trophy to him. This is why he's a serial winner. He'll feel the strong side tonight. And that, you know what? It will probably be seven, eight. I'll be stunned if it's anything less. If, if it's anything less than four or five. Yeah, I think the beauty of it from Paul's perspective is if you go there expecting nothing, it's just a day out, isn't it? Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. And you know, fair play to those fans going up there. Um, it's obviously great for a, a, a League Two side to. Go at the best, top, uh, second best side in England currently, and away from home. So, you know they they get to go at the ground. They get to have a night out in Manchester potentially after the game. And it's it, like I say, it's a good day out. I mean, seeing you, uh, and for the players as well. I mean, people people seem to forget like because it's in because it's League Two. They're obviously they're they're classed as professionals, but at the same time, the golfing class is way off. So for players like. I think the only part of our player I know is Tom Pope, but he's well, controversial. He, bloke, he loves he, he loves round random on Twitter, doesn't he? I mean, yeah, what was his tweet a few months back about John Stones? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he's coming up against him. That that'll be interesting to see. But he runs his mouth full. Like, for a professional footballer, I think I'm surprised he hasn't had any action taken against him. 
I really am surprised because you know, and he doesn't. He seems to not care. I mean, obviously, he's coming to the end of his career. Before you, before you, you turn up. I was actually watching a video of uh, Port Vale players on Football Focus, a little clip on YouTube before their game tonight, and um, they're looking forward to it. You'll get that. You'll get their guys going up against the likes of you know, possibly Aguero, possibly. Um, I'd say John Stones, but for me, John Stones isn't anything special. I think he's way overrated. But the rest of that side. You know, for the manager to be on the same touchline as Pep Guardiola, no matter the result tonight, it's going to be a special night for Paul Bell. Yeah, they all end it. All the players swap shirts and have something put, put up on so, the wall. So it is. So it's all about really, isn't it? Exactly. I think when you talk about fielding strong teams, I want you to go through what you each position for the West Ham game. What you play and then say what you think David Moyes is going to pick for your, for your starting eleven. I'm going. It's hard because I'm so. My, I thought, Personally, I'm so like involved on Twitter. There's all sorts of rumours going around, so you you can't really predict because if you see a rumour, you expect this player to play, that player to but play. But as you said, that happened before knocks of the game and didn't materialise. Exactly. Did it, so. Exactly. So, ah, uh, listen, Roberto won't play. That's a shame. Yeah, for you. Um, mind you, I mean the last game he played, he weren't bad. He weren't had any fault for goals. He was still watching the highlights that um, that Burnley game. Had a yeah. shocker. He's still the worst goalkeeper I've ever seen personally. <laughs> but listen, if we are going to play a goal, if if if, um, if Dave Martin ain't fit, Fabianski will play. Um, now I want a strong side out there tomorrow. I want Haller to play because he's the only striker we've got fit available because the Jay doesn't do it for me. I want Anderson to play so he can build on his confidence. I want Noble to play because there's leadership. Maybe you could get away with Royce in the middle. Noble. Yeah. I think David Moyes said something in his press conference about him and Cresswell having slight knocks. Maybe Rice will have to play. Another player player people point out, I don't know much because I don't follow West Ham, but a lot of the New England standards says Sanchez might play and everyone was uh, not very happy with that. Well, if Sanchez plays, we'll lose the midfield belt. Sanchez is horrendous. Formerly Villa, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. There's a reason he went. He was part of a side that got relegated with 17 points because he's dreadful. He is one of the worst midfielders I've seen play for West Ham, and that is. A, and there was a lot of rubbish I've seen for West Ham. He's up there, and he's only been with us 18 months. Not good enough for this Premier League. He'd struggle again to a Championship side. With all due respect, he's dreadful. And if he does play against you lot, um, you know it increases your chance of an upset. He played against Oxford, dreadful. He played um, he played last week in the game against Leicester. The fact Leicester made nine changes stopped us from getting done like Southampton did nine nil. It's um, because you know as well as I do that our midfield on that day will, will get stuck in right from the off. Stuart O'Keefe especially goes for every ball he can and he will shake Sanchez up for safety. Stuart O'Keefe's got Premier League experience at Crystal Palace. Mm. I mean, he knows to a relative extent how to play against Premier League clubs. So, if we lose, I think, uh, obviously, the, the, the main issue for us is midfield. We struggle with so, so we we struggle so bad because we don't have that 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 final piece for a midfield. We're we're linked to signing Jetson Fernandez from Benfica. Yeah, but United are interested. Who I know well, nothing it? about, to be fair. Benfica, that, isn't it? Yeah, but we'll wait and see. 
I'm not going to get excited because I don't know anything about it, but I'm not going to slate him and you know moan about it because he could turn out to be brilliant. I'll judge him after a couple of games. If he signs, which is apparently close to happening. But when it comes to players like Carlos Sanchez, this is why we need to sign players like Fernandes because we need extra options in the midfield because Sanchez is a no-go. Jack Wilshere, best midfielder in England, I get told. If he was the best midfielder in England, he wouldn't be at West Ham. That's simple. Injured again, isn't he? Injured. He's always injured. It's a, it's a given. Oh, he's injured. The sky is blue. London buses are red, like that one right there. <laughs> Listen, it's a, it's a given, and this is why we need... Uh, we, we, the, the reason we... Uh, another one of the reasons we struggle against uh, lower league sides is because we lack depth. If we want to make changes, make changes, but make sure the players are good enough. With us, we bring in fringe players who are rusty or just not good enough and actually are probably not on the level we think they are. Players like Sanchez. I say Snodgrass because he was dreadful that night against Oxford, but he was very good on New Year's Day. I, I, I really like him. The Scottish connection with him and Moyes. I like Snodgrass. I think his work ethic's brilliant. And listen, if you combined, if he had the same quality as his work work ethic, he'd be world class. No doubt about it. He would be world class. But he's slow. He his technical ability is fading. But he you get something out of him. He gets the old goal now. Would you say he's like a moments like player? Yeah. Like he'll do nothing but see some music. Yeah, 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 out yeah of absolutely, it. absolutely. And uh, but you know he's either good or he's bad. And. Um, most of the time he's bad but he was brilliant on New Year's Day um, now back to who I want to see play now yeah, let's go in order you said Fabianski let's go defence Fabianski um, Fredericks for pace I mean I, don't, I mean, to be honest have you who do you play on the left oh, left back Conor left Oden. wing left wing we don't play wingers no we play narrow diamond see we do tend to bring wingers on in the second half though See, we, now that worries me because if you play an Arrow Diamond, you've got four midfielders. And we've got Carlos Sanchez in that midfield, we'll lose that midfield battle. And even more now. Now, Fredericks has got pace. That's all he's got about him. In the modern day fullback, it's so important to have pace. Fredericks has pace. He, he, he did get an assist on Wednesday, crossing for Halle, scored that spectacular goal. But his end product, apart from that, is poor. Now, if we are to, sorry, if if, if we um, if you play the diamond, then it's pivotal for us to play quick fullbacks to expose you. Because if you've got no wingers, it's obviously going to be an easier job for the fullbacks, I believe. Um, now I th- I will play Masuaku tomorrow because obviously Creswell's had a knock, which I've been told by you just now. Do you know what? And, he, and we're lucky he's not suspended. Obviously, the VAR overturned his red card on Wednesday. Uh, Centre half. I, I heard Masuaku was one of the key poppers you had at Oxford. He was playing, yeah, and he made a uh, huge error. He slipped for the third goal, and their guy ran through and scored. Um, but listen, this is a new manager now, so uh, we'll have to wait and see. I suppose if Cressel's injured, you've got much choice. Exactly, over. exactly. I, I, I've said, I've said we, uh, we, we, um, I've said for ages we need to. Um, buy a new left back because they're both so inconsistent Masuaku and Creswell and most of the time they're just not good enough I'd play Rice tomorrow because with Rice if we're going to play Sanchez you have to play Rice what about uh, two centre-offs um, 
Diop and Balbuena, I'd drop up on it. I'd give him a bit of rest because he's our best defender this season. Diop needs game time. Balbuena's all right at the moment. He's not as good as he was last season, but lately he's been good. Rumours of uh, Winston Reid coming back after the long spell out. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I forgot about Winston Reid. It's funny. 20-odd 20, 20 months out, isn't it? He's been out since March 2018. Nearly two years. 22 months, yeah. And it's weird because his last game for us was under David Moyes. His first game back is going to be under David Moyes. And we've had Manuel Pellegrini in between that. So it is a bit of a funny stat. But do you know what? I've completely forgotten about Reid. And I would li- I'd like to see Reid play tomorrow. I mean, I've not been his biggest fan because I, 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 I get annoyed with injury-prone players. It's obviously a horrible thing for them. But I get annoyed about it because we tend to keep players and do nothing about it when it comes to them getting injured. But, I, I mean, Reid's Reed, been up with, with us for a decade. He's been with us since the summer of 2010. This is a long time. The, the guy like the, the, the guy scored the last goal at the bowling ground. He scored, um, sorry, he, he was in the side that got promoted. He's been our best defender up until his recent injury record. Let's, have, let's, let's get one thing straight, he, he has. And I, I myself have been extremely critical of him, but I need to remember, do you know what? He's probably been the most, one of my most important players in the decade. The decade just gone. So, you know what? It would be good to see him back. I think ideally, if you wanted to ease him in, you, this is probably the ideal fixture against the lower league. Of course side, it is, of course it is. Ease him in, put him in the under-23s. Um, I don't know how long he's been back for. Back in, I, I, you know, I think he's been back in training for a while, actually. Um, but he's never been actually primed to go. He was on the bench against Leicester. I think he was on the bench against Bournemouth. So, now maybe maybe his chance to get on that pitch and start playing again. So yeah, do you know what? I completely because he's been out for so long. I've completely forgotten about him. But now that you mentioned him, maybe we'll play him. Give him midfield. Um, like I said, if we're going to play Sanchez, you have to play Rice. Rice just gives to, us, just to compensate. Yeah, Rice gives us all hope in midfield. Rice is the best midfield, central midfielder we've had, probably I've ever seen, and he's twenty years of age. Um, he won't be with us for much longer, I don't think. I think he'll go to my Man City or back to Chelsea, where he started his career at. But, like I said, if you're going to play Carlos Sanchez, you have to play Declan Rice, because if you take Declan Rice out of our already poor midfield, it's the worst in the league. It's not even championship level. I'd, that's, even, that, even with Mark Noble in it? Yeah, because Mark Noble, Mark Noble and Rice together are instrumental if you take out Noble we lack the leadership in midfield and everywhere else on the pitch if you take out Rice we lack midfield completely um, now I think we'll play Lanzini tomorrow because you've got him and Fornaus Fornaus is now starting to come into come to life now it's taking him a while isn't it after it's, taking him, mate, it's taking him ages he was dreadful for, for up until December Terrible, terrible. But he played well against Chelsea. He got an assist for Cresswell's goal. He got an assist against um, Southampton, and he scored his first goal for us last week against Leicester. He's coming into it now. He's coming into the league. He's showing what he can do. But I don't think he'll play tomorrow. I think Lanzini will play because he's coming back from an injury. Like I said, like you said about Reed, he needs game time. I want to see us play Heller. 
because Antonio's not fit, Ajeti's useless. Haller has to play for us tomorrow. He has to. Because he's another one that's really low on confidence. He got a goal on Wednesday, which will now do his confidence good. Same goes for Felipe Anderson. Who we're going to play on the right. That's Anderson's first goal of the season, wasn't it? It was. It was. And for a guy like him... Started last season so well as well. He did. Uh, he, he was good, but but the second half... For the whole of 2019 was his worst year. He scored one goal and he was invisible for most games. Now that he's got a goal under a new manager, it's going to do his confidence a world of good. And I will carry on that confidence by playing him tomorrow. And I'll carry on the confidence by playing Sebastian Haller tomorrow. On the right wing, it's probably it'll probably be our only right winger in Yarmolenko, who isn't very good. But under a new manager, we'll have to see if he's you know if not see Snodgrass if he's is, he, or not. is he not fit? Oh, Snodgrass maybe yeah, because oh, uh, you know what I, f- I forget about Snodgrass because I think he plays more centrally. I think he's better off there because of his pay. Uh, he doesn't have the pace for me to be a winger. But Yarmolenko is running out of game time. There's calls that he he'll go in January from a lot of supporters because he isn't very good at the moment he's, he got a couple of goals at the beginning of the season but his confidence has dried up a lot A lot of the issue is under Pellegrini there was no confidence that side now that we've got David Moyes back obviously not the first choice for anyone but all he's got to do is all he can do is get confidence back in players that are good players that are good players for us and can do it but all they need is confidence and Yarmolenko is another one Playing tomorrow, if he gets a goal, doing the world of good. If he has a good game, we're doing the world of good. You do look at that team on paper; should be enough to beat us. Absolutely, right? absolutely. But we, you and I both, <coughs> football is not played on paper. Um, we've proven that by going out to Wimbledon last year, going out to Oxford in the League Cup in September. Like I said earlier, we have to turn up with the right attitude, the right mentality. If we turn up thinking it's already won, chilling will cause an upset tomorrow. One omission you made from that team, which is quite disappointing. I'd quite like to have seen Zabaleta play because no. the kind of pace we have going forward would be in for a sorry time. Exactly, that's why we can't play Pablo Zabaleta. Pablo Zabaleta is retired for all I care. He shouldn't be playing because he's he's already started making a move to Pandas, really. He has, he's on, he was a part of the BBC World Cup team for Russia 2018. Um, I think, I, th- I, I, th- I think he would have stayed on as a coach if, um. We kept if Pellegrini didn't get the sack because obviously him and him uh, Pellegrini oh, is a little bit tight. No, he's Chilean. Pellegrini, he? yes, he's Chilean. Oh. Um, Stand corrected. No, he's, he's from Chile. I, I, do you know what? I only found that out myself like a couple of years after. He I knew, I knew he was South American. Yeah, yeah, he's South American, but no, he's 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 not Argentinian. He's from Chile, but they've had their connections at Man City. Obviously, Zavaleta played right back under Pellegrini and obviously won a Premier League title and then played in the subsequent years of Pellegrini's reign so they're obviously good mates and I think that's why I think if we if we had a different manager Zabaleta wouldn't be here anymore he wouldn't have got a new contract at the end of last season um, he wouldn't have played in games that he shouldn't have he's not good enough for a backup right back and he, he, if he plays tomorrow tomorrow it's going to be like you said it's going to be a field day for your quick wingers your quick full backs and it's going to be bad for us he can defend to an extent, but he's a fullback. And if you don't have, and like I said, in the modern day, it's so important to have pace as a fullback. If you don't have that pace as a right back or a left back, it's not for you. I'm going to move on to what I pick for our team. Our teams I want to pick because of Christmas period, we've kept the same starting eleven. Which you look at it on paper, you think there'd be a lot of tired legs in there, but we haven't lost any of the games we've 
our Christmas period we've won I think we've won three and drawn two we've not lost any of the games I've, it's, it's a tough one because you think you'd want to change a few players due to the fear of being tired and getting run ragged by like Philippe Anderson and the likes mm. but then at the same time you can't really justify and even deserving to be dropped for a game like this I'd probably change one thing I'd keep Jack Bottom in goal who's probably one of the best goalkeepers in the league he's made I think it's like fifth highest clean sheets of 2019 well, it'd be after that wasn't with us. Uh, keep Barry Fuller at right back. He's like the timeless, timeless player. Barry Fuller. Yeah. It's your place for you. Yeah. He come back, didn't he? Thirty-five now. Yeah. Do you know what? his name rings a bell? Um, yeah. He's a he's a bit of a legend in your past, mm. isn't he? Mm. He was with us um, when we won my promotion in two thousand nine. He was captain back then. Yeah. I know he's been there for a while, hasn't he? He'll definitely go down as a legend when he mm. retires. He's, yeah. He gets better with age. He's still as fast as he was before, but still just puts in so many tackles mm. as he did before. Doesn't score, but he tries his best. Bless him. He's just a timeless player. And two two centre halves. I go with captain Max Aimer, who's someone I've been very critical of the past years. This is probably the best season he's had in a long time. Max Aimer, tell what? I've got a story about him. I bump. I um. I I I. I, I, won't, I won't expect you to even heard of any of our players. You've got two no, or three so mate, far. I, I've met Max Aimer. <laughs> I was working in a I was working in an A and E department and uh in South End and uh Max Aimer uh you were playing South End uh away for you. When was this? Uh it was a League Cup game in twenty sixteen, he won three one. Oh we played that was when we played and him he, twice he in about had three a, days. He 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 picked up a really nasty head injury and I remember meeting him in a, uh in the department. And he was a bit dazed. He was talking for like he was he was he was winding a couple of people up. And uh, your chairman come in as well, and uh, he said he couldn't remember a thing. So it must have been a nasty uh, head injury. But he's ex QPR. Mm. He's come through the youth ranks there, and he's been there for a while now. I think hasn't he? Yeah, he's got over near in two fifty appearances now. Yeah. So is he captain? Mm. He's a good player. He's. If, think over the couple of years when we've been because the main problem we had like last season a few seasons before was we scored so many goals but we couldn't buy a clean sheet we just conceded so many goals but like last season when we had Tom Eves we were scoring so many goals but we could not keep a clean sheet to save our lives and that was the opposite we're keeping so many clean sheets but we can't score goals mm. and he's I think I, I think being under Evans has helped him a lot an experienced manager I've made him captain put a faith in him and he's been very good this season I think alongside my guy Jack Tucker who's 19 years old just signed a new two year contract and he's been looked at by uh, high-end championship clubs and so I've tied him down to all the contracts so when we do eventually sell him we get a bit more money through and he's tipped to be a really good thing Evans loves him he's put him he's been with us a few years I think he made his debut in 2017 actually when he was younger obviously against Portsmouth and he didn't really get a look in after that Steve Lovell didn't really play him last year but Evans has put him in this year and he's forced one of our other centre-halves into left-back it's fine there he's brilliant there wherever he is he's just a fantastic boy and everyone everyone loves Jack Tucker we know how good he is and he will be a very good player high in, I reckon he'll be high in championship within about two years because we, we will set him eventually because he'll deserve a move mm. left back go Conor Ogilvy started the season centre off but, um, and he was told that um, when Evans first joined say you will not see Conor Ogilvy play left back I think he's been there for like two months now but he's he gets up and down the wings very well he's a brilliant defender he scored over the past month he scored two last minute injury time winners against Sunderland and Rochdale is is prone to pop up for goal. Mm. Apparently, he's been looked up by Blackburn, but I don't think that would happen. He's ex Tottenham, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was a loan at Stevenage, then a loan at us, and we signed him permanently. Yeah, it was, so we all love a win tomorrow, wouldn't we? Ex Tottenham. Yeah, well. um, 
Not sure we ever got much of a look in at all. No, but you know, if you come through a team, you, you know, you've always got their, always got them in your heart. So, um, he's um, I've heard of him. Now, it it sounds a good thing about your manager if he can convert centre halves into left backs, which you rarely see these days. But I mean, uh, who's the thing in, is, who's thing is he, was, he was playing left back last season. He was getting torn to pieces. Mm. It's not really about converting him; it's about making a better player in mm. that area. Because we we did have him playing left back last year, but he wasn't. He was not good at left back. He was getting this. Basically, any time we come against someone with a bit of pace, he's worried. Yeah. But this yeah. time, this season, every time he's going against someone with pace, they just boot him in the stands, which gets boring. Midfield will go with Diamond, CDM, B. Alfie Jones, who's known from Southampton, really good player. He's he had a bit of a patch. Uh, like beginning of the season started really well. He had about a month where he wasn't really up to it. But he's come back to it since, and he's been magnificent. He's been one of our best players this season. And he'll be in Southampton's team next season. I think he'll be in the Premier League. He'll be in the squad if they go down. He may well be a starter because hmm. he is that good. On the left of the diamond, Tommy O'Connor is also from Southampton. Alone is a, a very good player. Started. He played left back for us the first couple of months. He's now converted to midfield, left side of the diamond because he's he's a very versatile player. He can play like left back, left wing, left midfield. He's just. He's a very versatile player. He can play well in any position. I think it gives us a sort of dynamic way. He's good going forward, and he can also obviously defend that midfield area. And we've got Stuart O'Keefe, who we touched on on the right yep. side. It's just a very. It's basically what you want in the midfield. He'll put he'll put his foot in where players won't put his foot in because that's when when I spoke to Ian Holloway because he obviously managed him at Palace. Yeah. And that's how he described me. He said he'll put his foot in where no one else will, and he does pick up a few yellow cards, which you expect type of yeah. player like that. But he is really he'll go for every ball even if he doesn't think he'll get it, and he just. He puts everything into it. He's a really hard-working player. The tip of diamond player you'll know of, Ollie Lee, former West Ham. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah, Rob Lee's son and Elliot Lee's yeah. brother. Yeah. He's on loan for from Hearts. We're looking to get that extended. Hearts? Yeah. They're bottom of the SPL at the minute. Clearly missing him. Yeah, his loan deal runs out. I didn't realise he went to Hearts, but no, I'm not, I'm not, obviously I've heard of Ollie Lee. Uh, yeah, because we had him on loan from West Ham back in like, I think it was like 2011. Yeah, I know. I'm that's not, what that's that's what I thought. I thought it was awful um, back then. <laughs> And football yeah. fans being football fans when we signed him we're going to get our fans going he was rubbish 10 years ago <laughs> yeah, well, 10 years is a big, t- uh, big time of change but now uh, he's come from the he's come from the academy of football so you know it'll be interesting, it'll be interesting to see what his family because obviously that, the, the old family of West Ham boys Rob Lee yeah Rob's, Rob's tweeted just saying he's going to be there yeah so you know he's, again like, like the, the chat we touched on earlier uh, before we started this it's going to be like split divided split loyalties I think um, it'll be interesting to see um, I think if you come up against a boy who club you always as a footballer you always want to do well so it's going to give Oli Lee a bit, bit, bit of an issue tomorrow I think he'll have a good game yeah, he's a good player yeah, he's, I he's, I he's very impressive in tight spaces like mm-hmm. he'll pull off like a nice little skill to get around someone he's, scored, he's got a good record in the FA Cup so far yeah he played Sunderland yeah. away in the first game he scored deep qualities <laughs> it forced a replay I'm so glad you won against Sunderland because I wouldn't want to go there then we I beat there. Uh, we beat Sunderland in the replay for its time he didn't score yeah. that game we played Doncaster at home beat him 3-0 he scored chip, he chipped the keeper from about 25 yards in that game so he got a goal there he's got, he gets a lot of assists as well which is very pivotal to what we do really and mm. two forwards I'll drop Mika Mandron which is hard to say because he's played every game but I think Alex Shakubiak who's played for us off the bench he started the season as a starter he's our top scorer funny did enough. he used to play for West Brom Alex Shakubiak yeah I wouldn't know he's unknown from Watford oh that's it that's it I knew it was one of them yeah 
and he's, he's started the season as a regular starter for us and he scored a few goals he scored four in his first three games then went off the ball a bit and he's come back into it recently and he's scored a couple of goals and off a sub a few weeks ago he scored the equaliser at Fleetwood when we played Rochdale he come on he come on with Mark Marshall and they both changed the game for us and it was nil-nil and he basically a lot of injury time he up, did a route that round their player then spin round to begin the player just lunged at him and got himself sent off mm. just because Alex literally just ruined his career in that moment then the Portsmouth game he comes on when we try them push for a goal and he gets the equaliser yeah. so I think he does deserve to start and Mika is a hard worker but he's not he's ability wise he's not really all there he's sort of like the big man little man he does have his moments he scores a couple of goals here and there but he's not I think I think against a team like you where if, you, if there is the odd chance you do play Zabaleta and we need that pace then we're better off using them too but then at the same time you can argue against big centre offs like Diop and Reed you want that physical impact that he has but he'll be there as a substitute and then I'd start Brandon Hanlon who's probably our most exciting player but also our most frustrating by a mile because he's he can beat any defender one on one in this league or blitz pass him easily it's mm. just the end product isn't always there but he, he there's been so many games where he could have had at tricks and not scored one yeah because he gets in all the right positions he gets one on one so many times he just, he just can't finish he does all the hard he does all the hard work so you were telling me you don't have a striker not a prolific one, no. No. Well, that could be a big difference tomorrow. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But listen, this this is this is what worries me. Uh, given it's us and given it's a cup game, it's gonna be one player that'll come to life, and it'll be typical if it's one of your misfiring strikers against a half. Yeah, well, it'll probably be one of one of ours that has been on the bench for like the past yeah. month and ain't got ain't got a game. Will come on. It happens at the cup, doesn't it? You always get that random guy come off the bench and he scores and wins a game. You see it all the time in the cup against you know a lot against a, a group of players that you don't don't know much about. That's the that's the thing with about. Brandon. I've always thought recently he's better off as a winger because he can beat anyone. He just when he gets to the the end product he just isn't always there because mm. he could have he could be easily in double figures by now he's only on three which considering the amount of chances we create as a team because I'm I'm filled with sort of so much creativity and all of these specifically creates mm. so many chances and we, we need about seven to finish them that's the problem with us because when we when because we, we, we will have chances tomorrow because just naturally every team will have yeah. a spell at some point we will have chances it's just how many clear cut ones are we going to get and are we going to be able to take them yeah. that's the thing I'm not too confident in well, especially against a team like yourself and a big moment the camera is just what's all that chance you can get a really good chance and one of our players will just rush it and try and mm. just get there get well they need it. to well if they're going to do it which I hope they don't but if they're going to do it they um, they need to realise it's just another game of football whether the camera's there or not oh, that's, what, you've that's got, what Steve will put into that you've mind. got cameras everywhere it's, it, 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 whether it's BT Sport whether it's someone in the crowd filming it whether it's on the club highlights YouTube channel it's going to be on a camera and like you said, the manager will probably touch on that. It doesn't matter if it's live. It doesn't matter if you know where it where it is. It's a game of football. So last thing you last thing you want really is someone knowing no one telling and trying like a back hill when they don't need to or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. But no, I think I think we'll do predictions now. That'll be a, like, I'll let you go first. My predictions changed since we uh, won on New Year's Day. Um, I think if it was under Pellegrini or if we'd lost on New Year's Day my prediction would be 3-1 Gillingham but I think 3-1 Gillingham yeah but given the given the uh, change of manager the big win on New Year's Day 
I think a lot of the confidence is back in the players now. I think we'll win 2-0 or 2-1. Or, like you said, it wouldn't surprise if we went to replay, but my prime prediction is a slight win for us. Well, my prediction is, and I'm going to be going to be realistic but optimistic at the same time I'm going to say that I think we will score because we just tend to score Yeah. even if we don't create much chances we do manage to put one away eventually and we are so good defensively that I don't think we'll get beat but I think it'll be Gillingham 1 West Ham 1 and I think we'll go to a replay and I think I think we'll we'll give you a good game at, the, at London Stadium but I think I think we'll probably you'll probably have a bit too much yeah. stress at your ground but I, I think guys for replay I really hope it doesn't Hate well, see, I'll be saying now I'll take a replay and we'll, con- we'll concede an injury time and we'll take it to a replay. And I've got for God's yeah. sake, but, yeah. no. <laughs> but I think I think if we can get a replay, that's a good day out for Brings us. Brings revenue as well, doesn't yeah, it? It's a good day out for us. Not obviously local easy to get to. It's obviously a nightmare for you lot, but you know if we can see our team play at a stadium like that, even if we do fall up short, it's still a great day for everyone. Mm. I don't think you can take much negatives from that. But I think a goal scorer would be your Kubiak just the form he's in. And to score goals, I think if I'm pick one for you, if you do play a strong team, I'd back Haller to get one after getting yeah. after getting one the other day. Yeah. Who would your goal scorers be? Like you say, probably Haller. Um, <clears throat> Haller, I'd go for Haller or Snodgrass or Felipe Anderson. I think now Anderson's got his goal scoring touch. Well, I said goal scoring touch, a goal at least. It'll do his confidence good. It'll just spare him on to get more. Yeah. Well, I was just saying the other day, just before we finish, about the team that's on BT tomorrow. Joe Cole, Matt Jarvis. Matt Jarvis, formerly of us yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He started his career at Jules, didn't he? Yeah. And ended up being so, one of the worst wingers I've ever seen play for West Ham. So. Don't disrespect his name. Sir? Don't disrespect him. Like <laughs> but no, he was, he, was, he was trained with us in the summer. Yeah. But Evan said no. Does he play for Walsall now or is he a free agent? No, he's a free agent. Yeah. He was trained with us in the summer and Evan said no because he's too injury prone. Yeah. Well, well, I think it's training with Swindon. You know I think it's training with Swindon, isn't it? And yeah, you know, that's probably a good call by Steve Evans because you know, given he's an ex-Premier League footballer, he'll probably want a big wage as well. And yeah, a lot of our fans said yes, but I think they're thinking more of that than sentimental value than for a club. Sure. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, it's, it's always nice to have a club legend come back to spend his final. Years especially with injuries, he can't have long life now. But listen. When we, we we signed Matt Jarvis at the time for a club record ten point seven points uh, ten point five million I think from Wolves right yeah in twenty twelve and he never turned out good um, he he couldn't cross when he got into a position to cross he couldn't I didn't think he was a very good footballer at all for uh, to be honest and I thought when he left we were well shot of him it was nice to sign him at the time to be honest but. It didn't work out, and he's got he's one time England player as well, isn't he? Um, yeah. But yeah, do you remember, do you remember who that cap was against Ghana. Yeah, I don't know why I remember that off the top of my head. Well, you, well, I think I don't, well, I think you remember because he's an ex Gillingham player. It's one of those, I mean, one of those weird things that stick with you. Isn't but it? how? But, yeah, but of course, but how many times have you said that there's a Gillingham player that's got a cap for England? It's a fair few of them. Exactly. Is it? Yeah. Who? Uh, Ryan Bertrand. Was All right. Us. We got we got a good fee out of him when he won a Champions League with Chelsea. Did he used to play for what permanently? Did he? Yeah, okay. come through our academy. Oh really? I didn't know that. Who else is there? Well, I'll have to come back to that. He made his something. debut in one of Paul the Chelsea. Paul Konchesky. <laughs> yeah, Paul Konchesky. But um, yeah, yeah, one time against Argentina for England. Um, but um, no, Matt, Matt Jarvis. I I didn't think much of him, with all due respect. And 
I was glad to see the back of him because I thought he was terrible. But Joe Cole in the studio as well. Love Joe Cole. Yeah, even I, though I imagine when he's come out, and they broke my heart at such a young age, went to Chelsea. But but what but what Joe Cole said last week was good to hear about the direction we need. And after saying that, I wouldn't want the coaching staff at West Ham because he knows what it takes. He knows the club inside out, being a claret and blue through. He through. speaks really well, don't he? When I listen to, yeah, him. He, he seems to know yeah, the ins and outs of everything. Yeah, he's he's he's, good. he's, a, he's, a, he's a great player, fantastic player, and I'd like to see him come back to West Ham one day. I really would. Well, this has been the FA Cup preview for Gillingham against West Ham. Dom's going with a two nil, two one victory for West Ham, wouldn't it? Probably go two one. You said you score, victory. so yeah, you yeah. know more about Chelsea than I do. So yeah, I'll go two one. I'm going for a one-one draw, which will do me nicely. Nice away day in Stratford, that do me. But if we can win on a day, that's even better. Dom, thanks for joining me. You're welcome. Uh, thank you for listening, Jules Fancast. Please keep listening, and more as you have a another podcast out once the game is done to review what happened where it went wrong where it went right and who we're going to face in the next round alright cheers for listening thank you very much goodbye